Welcome. <laughs> You're just sitting there contemplative. Uh, welcome to the Crowded Hour, everyone. A little game show about connection. I'm Billy Baker. I'm your host. And the idea for this show, which today celebrates its 10th episode. Dan, your very special guest, comes... The idea comes from an old poem which proclaims that one crowded hour of glorious life is worth an age without a name. And for my money, the most reliable way to achieve an hour of glorious life is to act up with a friend. And today on the show, we have one of my oldest and bestest of friends, one of my favorite people, the man, the myth, the legend. All right, let's turn that up. <laughs> I get sued for using the rice. The Danimal himself, Dan McCollum. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank what you. What is going to be here. on? Uh, we need to give you the uh, the applause. Mm. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about Dan. He's always up for something, always up to something. And as I said, when I gave the failed best man speech for his failed first marriage, he reminds me of a beloved puppy and that he's always willing to say count me in i'll go where are we going <laughs> i guess that's why i'm here he was my randomly assigned freshman year roommate at tulane university in new orleans and as a poor irish boy from the gutters of southie it was so exciting to go to this exotic place and be paired with a poor irish boy from connecticut and uh i believe your father said that when he saw my Irish flag hanging on the wall before you got there that you were in good hands. Okay, uh, so uh, the Danimal is here. If you don't know him, you're about to. So, uh, Dan, I'm in the book. You are in the book, uh, as uh, I'm the author of We Need to Hang Out. The Danimal is a big part of it, and uh, you feature, right, you're in the book in several ways, but you're in the book. Do I have you complaining about uh, Old Faithful? Yes. Yeah, you're doing this like lean into the mic thing. You can just uh, so, and this is why. So Dan, I should also add as a budding TikTok star, I still think that's your sweet zone. You you go you very naturally go to big attractions and then complain about how bad they are. So I think you there's could just, go viral. There's just like so many things I want to do, and it's like they always tell you like trying to be the the to do so many things is not good. You should focus on one, and it's like. I just hate being like an angry elf on uh, TikTok all the time. It's like, I know it gets, it gets views and people love it, but I'm like, I have more to offer. Uh, well, so. uh, you're, at least you're offering it. You had been talking for a while about yes. doing something and now, and now you're doing it. It's uh, <clears throat> baby steps, baby steps, ranting about uh, prices of bagels and things like that on, uh, on TikTok. So, Someone uh, has to, you know what? It's funny. The things you say, like, uh, we all, you nod your head too, and it's like, uh, it's, most people are like, I didn't realize that. And it's like, cause I don't you, pay attention. Or, or it's like, I mean, the things you often like complaining about how, yes, you, you get a breakfast sandwich, you make it a bagel and they charge you more than the individual bagel would cost. Right. What I do in those moments is I just turn to my wife and go, that's how they get you. Right. Like that's my, <laughs> my saying, because it's like, it's, it's, isn't that the blue pill or is that the red pill? I don't know. One of us is. I, I'm not a big. Uh, Ooh, that's interesting. You know, they say that which pill is the one you take, where the, like you just understand and accept everything that government and the world tells you. Okay, uh, I don't know which one it is because I'm not a big. What is? It's the what the Matrix. The you're Matrix. About? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I think I'm both, but it's like you can only eat the the other pill so many times, you know, right. where you're like, all right, I, I know the Matrix is out to get me and I could either rail against it all day long or I could just be like, hey, that's how they get you and uh, just enjoy using a, a dad joke sort of uh, a phrase. So yeah. uh, anyway, Dan, uh, the way the show works, if you uh, are unfamiliar, is we're going to do a series of segments. We're going to run through some favorites. We're going to ask Dan to tell us about his idea for a perfect day. We're going to answer some Proust-style questions. We will hear Dan's top five list. He's been asked to bring a top five list of his choosing. The only stipulation is he does not tell me ahead of time. And then we will do at the end, uh, we're now calling this high, low, right, wrong, and surprise. It used to be high, low, gold crush, bane, surprise, but now it's... uh, High, low, right, wrong, surprise. I'll explain that when we get to it. But Dan, <clears throat> let's start with some favorites. Uh, I have in front of me a red plastic box filled with many index cards. And I went through and uh, narrowed down at least some that I think would be good for you. So let's start with Dan, your favorite food. Wow. That is a uh, that is a tough, tough I question. do know you love food. And let me just say that in the most animal thing of all, you walked in the door today wearing blue blockers, carrying breakfast sandwiches, and wearing a two-lane sweatshirt. And I was like, okay, yeah. and, all right, on and, brand. And homemade cinnamon rolls for those. That Wait, are- those are homemade? Oh, yeah. You haven't heard the uh, the the retirement plan. Ben Ben Scola even said uh, when I made uh, the bagels last weekend, he was like, "When are you going to open your own bagel shop?" I was like, and it dawned on me another great one, the Dandelay Bagelry. <laughs> Come on, people. Well, well let's run through or this bakery. Uh, but, but okay, the, right. but before we do the food, no, I, I want to run through this. So, <clears throat> your name is Dan. At some point in college, you became the Danimal. Correct. And then at some point after that, you led the transition to working your name into anything it would fit into. And this was expressed through a a line of clothing that only you own. The Dan brand. The Dan brand. Okay. And so walk us through your T-shirt slash hat collection uh, that is a play on this. Uh, And I should say you already said Dandelay Bay. That was the name of your home in Phoenix. And it was on, yes, it was a resort. It was your house. It was a resort location on Facebook. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. I I think you could find it on Google, Google maps, right? It it appeared the Dandelay Bay. Okay. Uh, So uh, t-shirts we have, uh, I'm Dantastic. (laughs) We have party Danimal. Um, From a hat perspective, we have an Arizona license plate with Danimal on it. We have a Massachusetts plate with Cape Dan. The next shirts on the docket are uh, I'm a Renaissance Dan and I'm a Dan of the people. Okay. So, and I'm starting a fraternity, the Delta Alpha Nu, um, which is the fraternal order of Dan's. Okay. So, and your TikTok is called uh, Anthropology. Uh, Anthropology, and uh, you are referred to on the TikTok as Mr. Dantastic. Yes. Okay. I think we've run through them all. And the Cape Dan, did I did I do I get credit for the Cape Dan? I, I gave believe you, eight. you said. Uh, one of your one of your sons came up with it, and then oh. you put it on. You were you were getting the Yeti um, koozie for the um, Topo Chico. Oh right, cans. Yes, and you needed to customize it, and one of the kids came up with Cape Dan. So. Cape Dan, excellent. I, it slid past me. Yeah, no, and <clears throat> it's too perfect. So Dan <clears throat> is a recent arrival to Cape Cape Dan. We'll we'll get to that later. But uh, Dan, back to your favorite food. 
Um, I'll probably have to say pizza. I mean, it's, you know, I love making it myself. Okay. I love all kinds of pizza. You know, I'm, I'm not a, um, I'm not like Portnoy where there's only one good kind of pizza. I think okay. every, every type of pizza has its place. Do you so, have a favorite? A favorite like pizza one place? Yeah, pizza place. Uh, Pequot's Pizza in Chicago, Illinois. It okay. It's the greatest pizza on the planet. All right, moving on. Dan, favorite sport to watch? In-person baseball on TV football. Okay. Favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Okay. Why is that? Oh, I, I could have this argument with people until the day ends. You do love to Auto, argue. Yeah. Well, it's automatically a four-day weekend every year. There's never It never ends up being on a Monday to where you're not going to get the full four days. That's a good point. Okay, yeah, so yeah. it's automatic four days. No one's overly stressed about buying anybody any gifts. They don't expect anything. Okay. And it's based on food, football, and booze. Like, I don't know that there is a better holiday, like, plan. I love it. Okay. Favorite day of the week? Ooh, Friday. Why is that? Because the weekend's right around the corner. <laughs> okay. Favorite Christmas movie? Should we really go into that? I, I, That's my I, top, I didn't know it was. It's a... my top five. Oh, okay. All so right. Uh, I figured I figured I would be <laughs> okay. You know, time centric with my top five. Favorite comedian? Ooh. I know you love some stand-up. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to say Kevin James is my favorite comedian. Okay. Um, if you have never seen his stand-up called Sweat the Small Stuff, I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, I piss my pants every time <laughs> I watch it. I mean, I, I mean, I've watched it five or six times, and it just makes me laugh. He never swears. It's just, it's the way he delivers. It's He has some physical comedy with the stuff. It's just... And uh, he's also a Mets, huge, a bunch of, uh, most of the really good comedians are Mets fans, like Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Kevin James. That is true, Hank huh? Hank Azaria, uh, John Stewart's a, a big uh, I think the most rife, ripe breeding grounds for uh, comedians are those who grew up rooting for crappy Boston teams or t- <laughs> uh, those who grew up rooting for the Mets. Yeah. Uh, that Mets, Giants, Jets uh, ecosystem. Um, do you know Mike Birbiglia? Stand-up comedian, he's like a storytelling comedian. Anyway, no. I'm going to see him tonight with Mark. We're going to see, uh, Jill and I are going to go see, um, I can't off the top of me remember his name, but the um, the guy from Super Troopers. Being oh, fast, yeah. Uh, uh, I know who you're talking about. He's, he's playing it off Cabot. Yeah. Dude. By the way, anyone listening who lives in Cape Ann, $35 a ticket to go see that guy in a, in a venue that small. Like, Have you been there? Steal. Yeah, you took me because we went oh, right. to yeah. open mic night. We were, so, uh, so yeah, we went to watch opening night comedy one night, you and I, and uh, we were the stars of the show because I think we were the only ones like were genuinely, yeah, we weren't <laughs> going up. We were belly laughing at the really good people. And I mean, we became the thing like on stage, they'd be like it, just pointing like, thanks to these guys right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dan, favorite restaurant? Um... The best restaurant. My favorite restaurant is a place called Lotus of Siam in Las Vegas, Nevada. It okay. is a Thai restaurant, and it is start to finish the best restaurant I've I've been to. Okay, interesting. Uh, all right, we've run through the uh, favorites. Let's send that down the river. And Dan, move on. Chu, uh, have you brought your ingredients for a perfect day? Um, I I mean I love to cook, but I can. Bring my ingredients, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> to, I, will, I will say. <laughs> yeah, work on that. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, perfect day. Yes. Um, 
is going to be during spring training, so the month of March. Okay. In Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, wake up, have play a round of golf first thing in the morning. Okay. Get a little bit of brunch, catch a one o'clock uh, spring training game. Okay. A nice steak dinner, uh, a little early, a little like blue hair special maybe. Catch a second spring training game the evening. Okay. Block and then um, shut down uh, the the coach house in Old Town Scottsdale, okay. <laughs> which closes at six a.m. No, two closes at two, opens at six. And let me just say, you just <clears throat> nailed that perfect day thing. You did it quick, concisely. You had it lined up, and I think you were the only person who you probably already done that. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you, no. you, the, you, you were you are reliving a perfect day, not trying to compile one. You have... no, I've done it. I've done it multiple times. <laughs> this is not like I've, so people out there that have not lived their perfect day, I feel for you. That's um, actually a great point. I uh, so I ask the questions. I I never answer them, and I, I don't know, you know, how I would answer that perfect day if on the spot. But I think that's the. Uh... I mean the fortunate huh. the fortunate part about it is like my March is my birthday month too. So yeah, it's kind of like I can make the whole thing like kind of a birthday celebration of yeah, sorts. Yeah, and you do love a party kind of stuff. Um, so so that helps. You I mean, also love, uh, but before we go on, I was going to say you also love costumes. But the uh, <laughs> that feels like a challenge. Like, what's your idea of the perfect day? Now your goal is to execute that. Yeah. And and I think like it's low hanging fruit. Like yours was is doable, right? Uh, when Kevin was on, he made the point like you know so broadly philosophical question like you could say uh, i mean perfect day could be like okay we fly to paris right or whatever yeah. but it's like no it's like you wake up in your house what are you able to do today that well way? no it's i mean for me like everybody's different so i mean what i enjoy and what other people enjoy are completely different right so, but you know me it's like i like to be around other people so yeah golf in the morning is four of us on the golf course drinking beers and shooting the shit you yeah know? and then you know you go to a ball game and there's know random people sitting around you and you're you know i'm gonna golf with you this year not a lot but i will go all right maybe it might be once but i i do i do reckon and i'll go here i'll go to cape ann cape ann yeah Yeah. nine holes Mm -hmm. as beautiful as it gets affordable uh so we'll do that all right your perfect day sounds amazing dan let's uh that that was uh that was concise so let's (laughs) move on and by the way i did not know beforehand that i had to prepare like it you just threw that out there like did you bring your you didn't know this? I brought my top five. That's it. I don't know if I was supposed to prepare other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, <you're... laughs> oh, if, I mean, I'm pretty yeah. good on the fly, so yeah, I can figure you... it out, you know? Jeez, Dan. <laughs> yes, you were supposed to prepare that. You, all future guests, you need to bring your ingredients for Perfect Day in your top five list. Dan, okay. uh, One out and, of two, 50%. And a textbook example is from Dan McCollum's show here. So uh, moving on. All right, we're going to do some Proust-style questions. These were popularized by the writer Marcel Proust. And to my credit, I've yet to look up what era he was from. I know, I know he wrote Remembrance of Things Past. I have it upstairs. It's something about a Madeline. Uh, but uh, these have appeared in various forms throughout the world. You saw these were what that guy asked, that pompous James Lipton asked uh, at the end of Inside the Actor's Studio. Do you remember that? Will Ferrell used to play him on SNL. Oh, uh, yes. He'd be like, what's your greatest fear? Yeah. What sound makes you? Well, let's do that. That's exactly why I said that. What, Dan? What is your greatest fear? Um, my greatest fear would probably be 
drowning. Okay. Um, or some sort of like water accident okay. of sorts. Like um, Jill and I went to the Dominican and like they were doing like snorkeling stuff. Dude, I got in the water and I was just like, I'm like, I'm getting back in the boat. Like, <laughs> I can't breathe comfortably. I feel like I'm going to, and the water wasn't that choppy. And then, you know, we were watching, um, uh, we randomly threw on some Christmas movie, like Christmas on the Bayou or something. And like, they were showing the. Wait, what? That's a movie? Is that a Hallmark movie? I, it I, looks like a Hallmark movie, I, but I'm it's not. Going it's to. On. Okay. It's a cute little film. Um, oh, I love, I love me. So. And, uh, yeah, I know you know, she movie. saw the murky brown water and I'll never forget, like, um, when we were freshmen and we were pledging the fraternity in this when it must've been early spring, I would think, or no, we, we were, yeah, we were in, we had been accepted and um, somebody brought me and I don't know who else to like Thibodeau or something, somewhere backwoods, yeah. Lake Charles. Okay. Remember the, the senior who was from Lake Charles? I can't remember his name. And we went water skiing on the bayou. Okay. <laughs> I, I fell the I fell the first time and I'm sitting in this I'm sitting in the water and like you're waiting for the boat to like turn around and I'm literally like are there any alligators yes. or water moccasins yes. that are gonna roll and like the thought of a water moccasin like rolling over just like swimming on the surface and biting me and killing me is terrifying. <sighs> So yeah, uh, uh, all right. Well, you won't join our spear fishing team this summer, then. Um, Dan, what is the trait you most deplore in yourself? Ooh, deplore yes. in myself? Yes. My, uh, I don't know if I deplore it, but. Um, my lack of like, I'm a little bit too loosey goosey, so I don't I don't stress about things, which is great, but it's also there's a, it comes a point in time where you do need to have some level of concern and okay stress and all that. So what would Jill? How would Jill answer that question? What would she say? The thing Dan most deplores in himself. Um. I don't know. So her looking at me and the way I behave and the way I think of myself, probably the same type. I would say similar. Okay. Um, um, Dan, other than Jill, Jillian, your girlfriend, your partner, your lover, which you guys are the only couple that still uses that phrase. I know you do it just to make me dry heave. But, every day. Uh, uh, also, I will say that you two, this didn't come up uh, when Jill and Jill was on the show, but uh, thank you for stopping your practice of sending a selfie from the bed after every time you guys like hook up to me. Yeah. It'd be like, I look at my phone. Just, okay. I believe originally it was asked for at some point. Did so. I ask for it? Yes. So. And you gave it to me. Yeah. Over and over I'm, and I'm over a giver. again. I'm a giver. <laughs> Damn. Maybe, <I'm> maybe that. <laughs> okay. Looking, looking back too, maybe like. The thing that it's it's a it's a curse and it's a great trait, but I, I think I've, if I take a step back on the the deplore thing, is I have a really hard time saying no. So your thing about me being up for anything, anytime, it's like I do need to be a little bit more selfish. Okay, so well, I'm not, now I'm a little bit too selfless when it comes to other people. Let's put this to the test. I called you yesterday. I was like, Dan, do you want to? in the new year start being my morning workout buddy in the Y. Did you say yes to that to please me or because you want to do it? 
Uh, well, I need to do it. I know. So. Well, we all need to do it. Yeah. But I mean, did were you like, that's the greatest idea? That'll totally work. Or you're like, I'll just, I'll just go along to get along. No, 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 no. I mean, no, I need something to kickstart it. So, I mean, it's no, it's not no. <clears throat> and I'm saying I'm not saying it like I have a problem with that. I would say, but there, I do overdo the yeah. Something's okay. Someone invites me to do something. I'm always going to do it. All right. Dan, other than Jill, who would you call in the middle of the night if you were sick or afraid? Wow. If I was sick or afraid, who would I call? I'd probably call my oldest sister, Terry. Terry? Yeah. And uh, I... I, I, that was my gut. Uh, Dan, you realize you just wasted a bunch of time. What were you doing? Probably getting, you know, wormholed into Twitter and okay. trying to get news updates and betting statistics and okay. all that kind of crap. Is Twitter your poison on the phone? Now, now it is, yeah. It is? Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I don't do it. it. It's Instagram for me. Even worse, it's just clicking on a video and then of someone I follow yeah. and then just scroll, scroll, scroll. And next thing, you know what I am into lately on Instagram and my wife agrees. It's some sort of metaphor for how I'm feeling at the moment. I'm into people unclogging drains. Okay. What's the most, uh, unique way you've seen someone. So the, the one that makes me euphoric is when they unclog a culvert underneath like a driveway or something like picture there's a ditch along the side of the road and then you build your driveway over it and underneath is just you know like a big pvc pipe mm -hmm. for water to pass through what seems to happen is uh vegetation grows in there and then mud gets clogged and all that and so you pull it out it looks like an anaconda i mean it 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 you'll pull out a tube what of are they, mud what sort of hook do they use to they're just literally into? reaching in and grabbing it with their hands oh, and that, dragging it out and It'll, it'll be the length of the thing, basically, of the tube, and they'll pull it out. And the second it's out, the water will just gush through and will dissolve Everything. that whole thing, yeah. you know, that snake. And it's just something I think, as my wife agrees, I, I feel a little stuck at the moment and clogged, and I feel like there's I, something I want to I do have out. to say, I want to give props to the, the city of Essex because— um, your new road in front of your house is lovely. Oh, I, I mean, mean, there's not a lot of road work that gets done in the Cape Dan, Cape Ann, North Shore of Boston. <laughs> right. Um, so for you to have a brand new road is lovely. Bro, you should see when... Uh... If Gabriel wants to rollerblade, Gabriel rollerblades. I'm out there rollerblading on that <laughs> butter smooth road. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dan, your goal is to get kicked out of an Applebee's. What, what do you do? Uh, ooh, get kicked out of an Applebee's. You are smiling like Sounds you have like not for any other question. Yes. Um, I would say I would have to complain about something being in the food. Even if I like, if I want to do it right, I mean, I want to like have eaten the whole food. Okay. Okay. <laughs> want my money back. <laughs> Drop some sort of like hair or something on the plate. Like it would just have to be one of those situations. But why would they kick you out for that? Wouldn't they? You for not paying. For not paying my bill. Oh, you're like, I'm not paying for this. Right, right, hair was, in it. And yeah. like, sir, you have to leave. You, okay. you already ate. Okay. Yes. Dan, what would your make a wish be? I already have that. Okay. Uh, for my 50th birthday, I want to play uh, 
a round of golf with uh, Thunder Dan Marley and uh, Charles Barkley. Yeah, and you are wish. friends with Dan Marley, right? Right. I didn't, Dan hates playing with Charles. So trying to get the two of them to play together is a little bit of a challenge. And have you expressed this to I've, Dan Marley? I haven't seen Dan in a little while. So okay. um, it might extend past maybe it's when I'm 60, <laughs> I'm 55. I don't know, but. Okay, I love that. Uh, uh, wow, you uh, most people, uh, yeah, these are abstract concepts. You're like, perfect day, got it. Make a wish, got it. Okay. Oh, wait, were you asking the question about time flies by and you're like, what were you doing? I think about all this stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, dream a little dream, Dan. You're, uh, you know, uh, that's where you, that's where you are when you're wasting time. Dan. Yes. If you could choose the ringtone that played when you called someone, what would it be? Wait, can I play you're, it? You're reaching for your phone. You yeah. kn- you knew this in a split second. Okay. Oh, dude, I have I this. This is perfect. This is my ring. I never. This could be the shortest episode ever. You you have, know you know these answers off the top I have, of your head. I have never. I almost never have my um my sound on on my phone ever. I mean, okay. just. Never in public, even at home. So I mean, yeah, this yeah. is all in good fun that I have this. As and my so ringtone. what? You're playing the ringtone that's on when your someone, phone when someone calls me. This is this what is place, what... and you would like this to be what place when you call someone else. Correct. As well? Okay. Buddy, the elf. What's your favorite color? What is it? Did you hear it? I, I heard it, but uh, uh, well, I didn't. It, uh, you've seen the movie Elf. Yes. Okay, and when uh, when Will Ferrell is in uh, Walter Hobbs's office for the day of work, okay. and the phone rings. You hear ding, 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 like ring. He runs up to the phone. He grabs it. He goes, "Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's my ringtone. Okay, that's one of my questions, Dan. What is your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Okay, Dan. What song will always get you on the dance floor? Uh, jump around, House of Pain. Yes. Yes, that was like, I think that one of the and very like, first things people we always had. ask me, like, I mean, I, I never, I mean, I was never starting at Tulane or whatever, but, uh, you know, if I had, if I had had a walk-up song at yeah. Tulane, it would have been, I mean, any, it would have been jump around for my entire career of whatever, if I had played minor league baseball or, you know, whatever. That song is in that rare cat. I think oh. we could show up to like some hunter gatherers in the Amazon, just put that on yeah. and they'd start jumping around going, what is this? What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. It's got something in it. Uh, Dan, do you have any regrets? No, you know, and you know, what's funny is I watched, uh, again, in a millisecond, you answered these guys. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I watched, uh, one of the, the Lance Armstrong documentaries, like one where he was in it, like okay. not, not like a mate. It was a legit documentary. And you know, they, um, they asked him legitimately, like, do you have any regrets for what you did? And he said, no. And I literally like, I, I, I could tell that like, I'm sure people watch that and on Twitter, they're like, he's full of crap. He's lost all of his like titles right, and all right, this. Right, right. I'm like, and honestly, if I if I'm saying it like, for me, if I if I had never gone through therapy and yeah. you asked me that question, I would probably have a ton of regrets. Okay. Okay. But I've gotten to a point now where it's like everything. I know everything that's happened around me. I mean, like I can look back and be like, oh well, if I had just stayed here and kept this job, like where would I be and this and that. But it's like, but I wouldn't be where I am today. And okay. I, like some of the people that I've met in my life wouldn't be in my life. So yeah, no. And, and, and I get that from Lance Armstrong was like, like I, I could see it in his eyes. And it was like, you know what? 
Yeah. Things went things went sideways, but where I'm at right now in this moment is where I'm meant to be, and I am cool with it. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, it's one of the many things I love about you, Dan. You know who you are. You're comfortable with who you are. But let's talk about therapy for a sec because <laughs> you like to talk about therapy. Yeah. You are one of the only guys I know who goes to therapy that is not related to some sort of like, you know, recovery issue, right? So you... Well, let's agree. Recovering Irish Catholic, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, rec- substance abuse recovery, right? No, is no, no, what no, I'm no. talking uh, about, but... Uh, I'm just saying Irish Catholics are led to not have emotions, so... <laughs> and so, uh, and, and it seems like you, I mean, you're, you, from the moment you started, you were, you were proselytizing for therapy and how good it was for you. Like, tell me, what, what have you gotten out of it? What has it done for you? Well, I mean, I think some of the biggest things are like, if I look at who I was before and how I was raised, I was raised by a military recovering alcoholic, um, you know, Irish Catholic. Yes. And that was, there's one right way to do anything. Okay. If anybody else tries to do it a different way, they're wrong. Okay. Um, and I led a life of that for most of my childhood and, you know, into my thirties, like significantly being like, well, no, if you don't do it this way, you're wrong. Okay. So never really understanding that other people were raised a completely different way in a completely different household that word X yeah. in my house means X and my word X in their household means Y. And that was kind of the whole thing of like, communicating. I mean, it all started when, you know, my ex-wife and I started going to therapy. Um, but then I started to go and the couples therapy was not that great. I thought that was kind of trash. Um, but my individual therapy was focused on, you know, it's, and then I went through a sales training about eight or nine years ago, right around the same time I was, I had already started doing um, therapy and it talks about me as a salesperson is like affirmation. It's like understanding because that's one of our biggest issues is we communicate. And I don't think like the school system and parents in general do a good enough job of saying, hey, like I just told you, you just told me this. Well, when you said that to me, I took it as this. Okay. okay. And you didn't mean to say you didn't deliver it that way in your head. Okay. Right? So then you hear and you're like, well, wait, 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 that's not what I meant. What I meant was, okay, well, like now we're taking it a step back and I'm getting to understand a little bit more about when you say certain things, what your thing is, because that's, that's the biggest okay. issue is most people communicate and their childhood rearing led, leads them to believe that when someone says that this is what they mean when that person may not mean anything like that. Oh, and wow. one of the biggest, and one of the biggest issues we have, today as a culture, and I talk about it all the time, is everybody communicates via text, chat, email, like there's very little, and there's, you can't do context and you can't do tone. Okay. So what happens is like, I've always told some of my sales managers at times, I'm like, if you were to literally have six salespeople sitting at a table and you printed out an email from a customer that was like the customer's upset or whatever, you know, And you literally just handed all of them and said, I want you to read this in silence. I want each of you to write a response. How would you react? Like, A, what do you think the customer's saying? And B, how would you respond? Collect the papers. And I guarantee you, you're going to get six different, this is what I think they're trying to say, and six different responses. And then you say, okay, so there's six people in this room. Get on the phone and call the customer. Okay. Because you can... 
save a whole lot of time where you're not running around on the back end thinking well, this and that. And so that's what happens with a lot of our relationships is we don't actually take the extra step to be like, Hey, this is what I said. And this is what I wanted. This is what I meant. Yeah. Did you take it that way? No, I thought it was like this. And you're like, Oh, well that's, I'm sorry if you felt that way, you know, and that, that has allowed me to appreciate other people's opinions, backgrounds, and all of those kind of things. So that's the biggest thing that I've gotten from next time you get a text message that fires you up. Okay. Hand your phone to Lori and say, Lori, I do it all the time. Yeah. And have her read it. If I reply and, right away, it's no, going to go back. But yeah. when she reads it, does she have a different opinion of what the she person was has, trying to say? Yes. She has such, Lori's wonderful. She has such great empathy and compassion and an ability to see through their eyes and acknowledge that they may be going through things at that moment. Uh, you know, she's going to school to become a therapist. I did not know that. Yeah, she's going, she's like, she was two courses shy of the required psychology undergrad credits, whatever. And so she's just wrapping those up and we'll be getting right grad now, school like, in the fall. Or I can't, ima- I, I can't think of another industry that is like, like I was, so I, I just found somebody here to start going to possibly like, I'm going to do an intake interview like next week. Um, dude, there's like 200 almost therapists in Beverly alone yeah it's i mean the like, and you know and there. like most of them are like booked yeah so it's like i mean mental health is becoming a much bigger and so there is if you can if you can get a certification and become therapist like i think that's, that's i mean she's not doing it because she's trying to position herself financially right. like she feels a calling and she's the sort of person i could tell you i've had her as a free therapist for 22 yeah, yeah. years and it's, it's changed my life all right, Dan. This so I was at last night. Jake had his like holiday concert thing, uh, which was a zoo, like standing room only at the <laughs> auditorium in Manchester. Jake's in the rock band, okay, and the like regular concert band. After he he stole the show. He had on this like sport coat. His hair was tussled. He looked like a rock star. He's just standing there playing electric guitar nice. off to the side. Everyone else was sitting. He was standing. He said he asked if he could do that. It was. But he was, yeah, he was sweet as can be. But afterward, one of the uh, other dads uh, and and his wife come up, and his son looked cool too. He was playing the bass right next to him. Anyway, this is all irrelevant to what I'm about to get to. Uh, the mom says to me, uh, "She's like Trader Joe's." She yells out, and I'm like, Phew. "I'm like what?" And she's like, "That's the answer." Uh, I heard you're asking people if you were on Route One in Saugus and you had to take a dump. Where would you go? <laughs> and I was like, "But I still, I never pieced together where she got it from." Because I was like, "Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's on my podcast. Are you listening to the podcast?" She's like, "You have a podcast?" I was like, "Yeah." Wait, where did you get that? You think um, I'm roaming around? But she was passionate. <laughs> she had an answer. So, Dan, you're on Route One in Saugus and you have to take a dump. Where do you go? This is not a fair question because I do not know Route 1 that well, okay? You've like, been on it. You know, it's basically in all the American stores, okay. which one are you going into? Well, I mean, so I'll tell you right now. In the southwestern United States as well as like middle America, if you find a quick trip, a QT, okay, in, it could be in the ghetto. Okay. okay? Nicest bathrooms ever. You, It'll be just as clean as if you were in, you know, Beverly Hills or something. Um, so I know there is not a QT on route one. So I'm going to go with a fun answer and say, if I had to go to the bathroom, I would stop in at Kowloon, get a shot and then go use the bathroom. <laughs> there you go. I love the fact that you went with the Kowloon. Uh, Dan, what's the most embarrassing moment from your youth? 
Moment or moments? Mo- um, eh, whatever's coming <laughs> into your head. As crazy as this, I mean, you remember this because they gave me that stupid nickname in the fraternity of uh, what was uh, Richard Simmons. Simmons, yeah. So we were up in. It was, were you up in the attic with me? It was me, two Bray. Were you there? The first time you got high, I photos. I think so. Me. I think so. Because um, they were they were recording <laughs> us. Sorry, CIA. <laughs> <laughs> um, but dude, so like. You know, and and these are these are the reasons that I'll I'll never make the Avon High School Hall of Fame. Um, but uh, you know, so I played soccer or, or for for fall for winter sports. I played like freshman basketball and like JV basketball my first two years. Then junior year, I went out for like the swim team. You know, yeah. And they, as they would call me, I was a waff, a waste of flesh. I believe is what they called. Okay, the good. Um, but it was it was fine. I was just trying to stay in shape for baseball season. Okay. So senior year, I was like, I don't want to swim. I should like I look back and I tell my dad like if I had played, I should have played hockey and been a goalie. It Probably. would have improved my like I would have yeah. been. A, it's catching. I wouldn't have had to skate so much or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I have great hand eye coordination, so I think I could save some pucks. But um, yeah, for some stupid reason, I got it in my head that I was gonna like organize a couple of dudes to be. Male cheerleaders, male cheerleaders with the girl cheerleaders. Okay, for the men's varsity basketball team. So, I was literally it was me, my best friend Morgan, uh, Tim Gillette, who was another really good athlete. He played football for four years, baseball for four years. Um, it was the two of us, the three of us, and then um, this other random kid. Um, but yeah, that was a that was not my proudest. Okay, situation. Uh, so, Dan, what's the best curse word? Best curse word? I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be fuck. I mean, I don't. Okay. It can use it in so many different ways. All right. Dan, uh, what movies have made you cry? A number. Um, Rudy. Okay. And one that I like, you have got like, here's, here's one that like, I, I was surprised it made me cry, but it is, it is a perfect like sports movie for everyone. Rudy? No, 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 no. Oh. The movie, it's a, I believe it's a Disney movie, and it's called Little Giants with Rick Moranis. And okay. the dad from, um, uh, what was that show? Al Bundy, whatever that guy's name oh, is. Oh, yeah, what is his name? For Modern Family. Um, yeah. Um, what is his name? Anyway. So the premise of the film is the town ends up or Rick Moranis' daughter. This is this is like Pee Wee, Pop Warner football, whatever. And okay. they call her Icebox because she was just like a badass, like tomboy. And Rick Moranis' older brother is Al Bundy. And he is like the town legend, won the Heisman Trophy, you know. So he cuts her from the, the town team. And Rick Moranis is like, this is ridiculous. She's like one of the best three or four players in town, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And... Bundy cuts all of the the nerds and the geeks and all of this kind of stuff. So he has his team and they're like the Dallas Cowboys and they have like these fancy uniforms. And somehow Moranis creates a team of of misfits, okay, of all the nerds, the dorks, the all of this kind of stuff. And they are the New York Giants, okay? okay? And it comes to a point where they're going to play one game to determine which team is the town team, okay? Okay. 
And it's literally like the kid, like the Cowboys are smoking them and all this because um, the girl actually didn't play in the first half. Like she wasn't playing for her dad, this and that. And then she came out like it was it's awesome. She comes out in like shoulder pads and she still got her like cheerleading skirt on. Okay, of course. And she just like I've never seen this movie, but people. I feel like I know but it's, this movie. It's yeah. one of those. It's one of those things like where I talk about like having empathy for other people and this and that. It's like as someone who succeeded at a high level in athletics, it's like, you just assume, you know, like it's, it's always great to watch all, but like to watch the kids that were never that good, yeah. like succeed and like, you're getting like joy. a little emotional oh, yeah. now. Totally. Dude. That movie, that movie's really good. And I recommend oh, people check it out. Yeah. That's the thing, Dan, you, you, you always have this, uh, soft, chewy heart in the middle. Um, one of, again, the many things I love about you, Dan, if you had to enter a talent show, what would your talent be? Other than cheerleading. <laughs> a talent? Um, I don't know. Maybe lip syncing. Okay. Or not Not lip sync. Karaoke. Karaoke? Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. not? Where, what, what's your song? Um, a lot of see. song questions. Do you have a just for phone? He's like, no, no. I already have a carefully curated list of karaoke songs. Well, did I, t- did I tell you the full story of us doing karaoke in, uh, at Igor's in New Orleans? Yes, you did. Yes. I told you that I picked the right song. So this okay. So this woman's leading '80s. It was all '80s um, karaoke, and I did not want to do. I mean, Nathan and Rob were like hopping up immediately, this and that, and I'm like, finally, I'm like, all right, I'll do one, you know. And the woman who's who's um, hosting goes, she's like, I have one song that I, I want someone to pick. I'm not going to tell anybody what it is, but if somebody does pick it. They're going to get an award. Okay. Well, I picked it. Okay. First one, Out the Gates. Rick Astley, never going to give you okay. up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I brought the house down with that. I mean, when it comes to karaoke, I mean, my whole thing is like, you could do, like, Jump Around would be great. Um, yeah. It's like, I, I, I would always do, so I closed it out with, like, Sweet Caroline. So, it's always something that the crowd can get involved. People that go up to just like show that they can sing. It's like, no. yeah, I'm all about getting everybody involved and getting the house going. I got to say, I didn't go to that. We had our 25th reunion. I didn't go because I am trying my best not to drink, uh, for the foreseeable future. We'll say. And, I knew that would be so awkward and painful uh, with the I bros. Never, I never spent that much time at Igor's in my life. I think we yeah. were there for like two, two and a half but hours. I feel jealousy. I feel regret. I feel, uh, yeah, I could have gone just eat an edible or something and then been the dork drinking the seltzer best, water. At I'll, say the, I'll say the best part of the trip, like not the best part of the trip, but like the nice thing was the fact that Matt and I got in one day kind of before everybody else and we just kind of shot that through I a bunch loved. of our stuff that i would have loved um so then it was like okay we we checked our because when when you have everybody together and everybody's trying to pull in different directions it's like some people are not going to get to do what they want to do and so matt and i kind of you know speaking of matt of before we went on the air i showed you my mother showed up here yesterday with an old uh Stack stack of old photographs, and uh, many of them are incriminating uh, photos of Matt Rush, brother Rush, uh, brother Rush, in bed with a woman that is not his wife. At least they're not pictures from Pensacola. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We won't go into that on the air. Okay, Um, Dan, if your house were on fire and you could run in and save one thing, what would it be? My grandmother's bread and butter pickle recipe. 
Oh, you're yeah. a sweetheart. Okay. Dan, what would be your death row meal? Ooh. Probably a filet Oscar style with a side of garlic mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are like the best thing ever. That's the best part of being Irish Dude, Catholic. Dude, how about this? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that they don't screw up and, and salt makes better. Um, but this, if you have a cinnamon roll or if the kids have a cinnamon roll, these cinnamon rolls are made with leftover mashed potatoes. I can't even. I don't you're not, even you're know. You're not going to even be able to. You're, you're, you're not even going to be able to tell. I promise you. All right, Dan, are you able to live in the now? Yes. Okay. Is that natural to you or did you work on that? Um, Pretty natural. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I'm horrible at. Uh, like, I'm not horrible at planning. Like, I, okay, that's probably, once again, if we go back to, like, limitations and issues, like, drives Jill nuts that I don't need to plan. Okay. Like, I, I can fly by the seat of my pants and yeah, I'm fine. It's like, if we don't make a, food, a reservation at a restaurant and it's not available, I'll go somewhere else. Like, yeah, I'm really, you I'm are not, good like that. I I'm, wish. Never, I'm never so heart set on something that it's like, if I have to adjust. And it's like, because I, I think it's hysterical when I go to a restaurant and... There are 25 people waiting for a table, right? Yeah. And you walk in and there's like six seats at the bar. And it's like, go go sit at the bar. Yeah, not a, but you're a bar guy. Like, you're, you're that guy who would be happy to be chatting up the guy next to you. And some people like are yeah. antisocial. True. I'll tell you, on this thing of living in the now, I think I'm comfortable with my past. I'm, I'm comfortable in the now. But what keeps me from living in the now is I think I live under the tyranny of the future. Like I'm just always kind of running an algorithm in my head of like what what needs to what I need to do to achieve what I think will be happiness in the future when I'm ignoring the happiness I'm experiencing in that. I mean, moment. my ability to look into the future is probably like seven days. Like that's about it. <laughs> Love it, Dan. <laughs> what is your idea of perfect happiness? Um. I, I think it, to the question of like living in the now, it's like, you know, people, I mean, I complain enough about Massachusetts and the weather and this and that, but it's like, dude, I, I make my situation the way it is. And I, and it's kind of, you know, I was back home with my dad for, you know, two uh, weeks. How's he doing by the way? My mother asked me last night. He's doing yeah. great. Yeah. You know? He had open heart surgery. Yeah. Yep. He's okay. uh, able to start driving. He's going to, they're, they're allowed to travel. He's allowed to travel. So we're all going to go to Dallas. So I don't have to go back to North Carolina for Christmas, which is good. Okay. Um, but it's like, I had a conversation with my mom and like my dad just is like crotchety, angry, all this kind of stuff. And like my whole thing is like, I don't feel bad for people that are unhappy. I really okay. don't like, I feel like no matter what age you are, you can wake up one day and change your lot in life. Okay. It doesn't have to be major things, but you can find things that are going to make you happy when you're 76, when you're 45, when you're 20. Okay. Yes. And you have the, you have every, this country is so wonderful that you have the ability to wake up and kind of do whatever you want, you know? So living in the moment and being like, to me, yes, like I said, I was headed in one direction talking about how much I complain, but like, I know I could live in some small town in like Idaho and I'd, I can make myself happy. I'm happy. Yeah. Like I'll find people to hang out with. I'll be able to yeah. cook. Like, you know, what's actually making me somewhat happy now is like, you know, I've lived alone for so long and I love to cook, but cooking for one person sucks so much. It's ridiculous. 
Can I so give the, you a cri- uh, not a criticism, but uh, something I've seen change in you that I think affects your happiness, and I think you think it does the opposite is uh, <laughs> is sports gambling. <laughs> you got into that. You're now like a you know on your phone sports gambling guy, and it's changed the tone you have towards sports and you love sports as much as anyone i know and it's like to go to a bar with you where there's a game on the background it it'll 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 screw you up you'll 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 become fixated on that you'll kind of dominate the conversation at the table because it'll be the only thing in your mind but but you know why are the mets bunting with the guy on first and what and you're like i i can't but it's not because i bet on the game uh, right but you 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 you're okay. you're a general i don't, I don't bet on every game <laughs> Is is uh yes. Well, it I seems mean, I was, to be sucking your happiness in in sucking was, your joy out of being a fan. I was in North Carolina for three weeks, unable to gamble. I did not have uh withdrawals. Okay. All right. Sense. I'm just saying so. that you can go to a bar and not have money on the game. Yes. Dan, what is the largest animal you think you could beat in a fight? Three more questions. What's the largest animal you think you could beat in a fight? You're a big guy, so I expect big things. A wolf. I think you're incorrect, but oh, I, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> the juices would get flowing, so I might be able to figure something out. And how are you gonna? Uh, what's your maneuver? Uh, get him from behind and just squeeze the shit out of him. Okay. So, all right, Dan, who would play you in the movie of your life? Oh, I mean, dude, it's got to be uh, what's his name? The guy who played the guy who played Rudy. Oh, Sean, Brian, Sean Aston. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Burke Kreischer. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I will say it was funny to watch you. Uh, you were talking earlier, and I meant to make this point, but watching—I don't know that anyone transformed more in four years of college than you did. Because when you arrived, I think it was all these things are expressing the way you were raised. You were the little brother to two strong older sisters. You know, they—they mm-hmm. they looked out for you, but they also uh, definitely. Um, had opinions on how you should live your life and who you should be. The and I love them both, and they I think love me, but they also <laughs> <laughs> would have some criticisms of me. I'm sure they'll <laughs> listen to this. But the um, when you arrived, yeah, I mean I've I've told the story a million times. Like I get this you know random letter telling me that you're going to be my roommate. We show up and you're like you're like hanging up the like Ken Griffey posters on the wall. And you're like, yeah, I was a cheerleader. I'm a physics major. Do you remember? I'm like, Oh God, I'm, I'm stuck with these, like one of these like nerdy super kids. And by the end you were the Burt Kreischer of Tulane. Like you knew everyone, you were out every night, everyone loved you. You know, you were, it was like you walked in the door and like a good time came in your wake. And, uh, and I, I, it was a pleasure to watch, even though there were times where I'm like, Dan, you don't have to go to Penny Pitchers by yourself on a Sunday I night. Never, this no, is when we all take a nap. Penny Pitchers was Tuesday night. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Thursday through Saturday, would, yeah, we were all there. And I would go with, It like, was the other nights of couple, the week. A couple of the baseball players. Like, yeah. You were a maniac. All right, final question before we move on. We had on. to run into Eli Manning every now and then, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> Dan, Dan, give me a reminder that everything isn't that bad. give you or like what, yeah. what give, in, give us all a pep talk um no i mean i think i think everybody i think the world in a, in a way has gone to shit um in a number of ways but um the way the way i like to to say things is 
and, and I have not done a TikTok about this yet, but um, the returning of grocery carts to the corral. Um, <laughs> it really warms my heart when I see someone return their grocery cart to the corral. Okay. You know, that to me is that to me is someone going out of their way to make someone else's life easy. Because it's if you think about it, like someone at the store puts all of those things inside for you to grab. Then you take it, you go shopping all around the store. Yeah. And then they're not asking you to like bring it all the way back to where you found it. I agree. They're just <laughs> asking you to put it in an area to where the guy who is bagging your groceries and then has to come out like it's freezing now. And in the summer, it's humid. There's never a good time to be a guy who's out collecting right. shopping carts. Like there really isn't. There might be like a two or three week time frame up here in New England where it's like not awful. Um, but to like go out in the cold. And so, so when I see, when I see people do that, I know, um, there is still good in the world. I have, I've said if I ever had a, an online dating profile that I would literally state, if you do not return your shopping (laughs) cart to the corral, do not swipe on me. Okay. So, all right, let's send that along. Dan, it's time for your top five list. All right. Let's hear it. These are the, these are my top five Christmas movies. Um, and, uh, I should go from five to one, correct? Uh, your call. You're okay. driving. Number five, I'm still, I'm still like, I literally have a tie for the fifth. Um, and uh, I'm going to go with Scrooged over Home Alone. Okay. I, I mean, Home Alone's a great movie, but I just, I like the old Bill Murray comedy, you know? Okay. And I think Scrooged was great. Okay. Um, so that's my fifth Christmas movie. Okay. My fourth is Love Actually. Oh. Okay. Buddy, number one for Dude, me. Dude, I literally pulled up a list the other day of like <laughs> somebody had a list of like the top sixty-five Christmas movies. They had Love Actually as forty-six. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" That's a person that's never felt love. Exactly. Okay, because yes. the opening scene of that movie sucks you in oh, yeah. so quickly. The and cast it's is just ridiculous. People arriving at an airport yeah. at Christmas and hugging their loved ones, yeah. and I'm like getting emotional. I'm talking about it. Movie's awesome. It's A to B awesome. And honestly, I that 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 has changed the last like six weeks of my life because right after Thanksgiving, I saw it appear, you know, on the home screen of whatever, and I was like, "Oh, love actually." And I clicked it on. I started watching. I watched that first scene. And I was like, "God, I love this." And I was about to watch the whole thing, and I was like, "You know what? Like, there's a million other movies like this. They're not as good, but like these are your Hallmark movies, right? These yeah. are that that bread and butter, lifetime, feel good, holiday romance comedy. You know, people. There's love in the air, and I have. And then the way, um, the way the world works, Kismet. I think that same day, I, I watched a Hallmark movie. Told my wife how much I loved it. Christmas in Notting Hill about an American school teacher who goes to visit her sister at Christmas time inadvertently falls in love with the star of the London soccer team, doesn't know he's... Uh, anyway. I mean, how, icon- how iconic is the scene and how brilliant is the scene where the guy shows up with the, the boombox and the, the signs? Like, oh, that the is, signs? That, dude. That's a great internet <laughs> meme just, when people yeah. steal that and just it's use awesome. that. Oh, uh, Colin, yeah. And Colin, the kid who, who goes to Wisconsin. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Everything about that. Yeah, uh, the movie has so many different stories going on. It's like it's it's like one of the perfect. But so I watch that Hall, uh, a Hallmark movie. My wife, I think, sends me an article from the New York Times from that very day about how um, how big into Christmas Hallmark has gone. Do you know how many Christmas movies they made this year? Full length movies that they produced produced to appear exclusively on the Hallmark Channel. Twenty five. Forty two. 
42 motion pictures about Christmas, yeah, and, and they each, all have the actor same got like plot. Two grand for each movie. Oh, they, I read about them. They film them all in the summer in like three weeks. They just That's ripped ridiculous. through them, but they all have the same plot. You know, like big city lawyer woman goes to a small town for some reason, yeah. ends up falling in love with, you know, the local farmer. It turns out he owns whatever. Uh, all right, Dan. Uh, number three. Number three. Elf. Elf. It's just. And the great thing about Elf, like I've seen or heard, read interviews that Will Ferrell has done. Um, dude, he's been approached so many times to do a second. And yeah. He just knows that that. No, it's and perfection. He was, he was so concerned when he took the role. Like he was like, I don't know if this is really, you know, the right fit. And I think it was one of Favreau's like first directorial yeah. situations. Too. Might have so even it been most, his first. And it might it have was been like his, his well, career. Swingers, I think Swingers was, did he direct Swingers? I think. Maybe, but I think his like career was fa- failing, and I was like, "Really? This is what I get? I'm getting a Christmas movie, right? Yeah. Like this?" And they they made the best Christmas movie. No, I love Elf. That movie. I mean, when Zoe Deschanel is singing in the shower, it's like this, like s- the sweetest thing in the world. <laughs> you know, I've I have ruined so many moments in my life when Santa appears somewhere, and I'm just like <laughs> Santa, and like kids around me are just like, "Why did that I guy finally, just yell?" That I, fi- right I finally I finally bit the bullet. This show, um, yeah. I, I did buy a uh, Buddy the Elf costume this year we have not how many costumes do you own as an adult do you know any adult men who own as many costumes as you the answer is no alan weinfeld probably has as many. i don't know who that is alan alan okay <laughs> he owns a lot of costumes well you remember back in the day like they he, i don't know so anyway but um no so i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna dress as buddy for christmas day for my niece and nephew okay so, uh, uh okay number, number two. two number two a christmas story okay I mean, it's I like, mean, that's the first one you actually as as us as kids. Yeah. Because like I, I, I'm not a big like It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, like those old, old Christmas movies. Never. It's like it had to have been released while I was, you know. Yeah. Living and knowing and all that kind of stuff. So. I'll tell you two things have kind of affected the way I watch that movie. One is simply the fact that I've seen it too many times. It's just too many times. Like there is such a thing as seeing it too many times. And two was maybe about. 10 years ago, someone made the point to me that the mom in A Christmas Story is also Hanrahan's wife in Slapshot, the movie Slapshot. Okay. That's the one, if you remember the plot, there's like uh, Paul Newman sleeps with this woman who used to be, you know, it was the ex-wife of like a rival goalie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, let's just say that 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 she appears in the longest nude scene that was available to me on VHS growing okay. up. I'll say no more. Uh, and she's just sitting there topless talking to Paul Newman. And uh, yes, to all of a sudden have someone go, oh, you know, that's the mom on the Christmas story. And to just do the math in your head. And you're like, all right, this movie feels weird now. It doesn't well, feel. <laughs> well, two, ran- two random like role things. Um, Peter Billingsley. Yes, is the lead elf in Elf. I don't He's know if you know Vince that. Vaughn's best friend. Yes, they're, yeah. they're very good. But I do have to. And he plays was, Ralph. I didn't understand. I didn't yes. understand this. Like I was, I was actually reading, doing the research on Elf, and it's. I mean, dude, the, the lead elf is in a number of scenes. Okay, Peter Billingsley, and then on like IMDb or whatever, it says he's like uncredited, and I'm like, and I also read that like. Um, uh, Don Cheadle was uncredited in like the first or second Ocean's Eleven movie because of some contract. And I'm like, how do you uncredit? Him? I He's don't know. In Hollywood the movie. in their credits. So, yeah. So Billingsley is in 
Elf. Second, for some reason, Jill and I were watching Home Alone 2 last night. Ali Sheedy is the woman at the airport that Kevin McAllister talks to. She's a gate, she's a uh, gate attendant okay. kind of thing. And I, and I pulled it up and there's literally an article about how that was like her last role. I was going to say, cameo. she was a Brat Pack star yeah. and then disappeared off the... Yeah, they said yeah. after the 80s, she was like, did nothing and then randomly just popped up and her last role was that oh, that's scene good. in she Home probably, Alone. I, I, I respect those people so. who are like, it was good, but you can't... this Keeping this train going is, yeah. is stressful. It's It's... I mean, to see the women who like we grew up with and really admired now be in the like bad plastic surgery phase oh, yeah. is so so like Meg Ryan, like what did Meg Ryan do to herself? You know, I mean, <laughs> and, and we love we love you, Meg. You know, I mean, really, like America you to, loved you, I mean, you but have it's to like respect, you, you have to respect actors who know it's know it's over when it's over, and they don't try to just like milk. Train I don't it think they have to. I mean, I think getting the you know the new face is trying new milk you know like not doing that like, but why? you you can you can still be an old good looking you know like Julia Roberts I saw her the other day has she had maybe the the thing is if people have had great plastic surgery you don't notice right or if right. they had good work but like but I mean Chevy looks great Chevy Chase looks terrible He's, they, a lot of these people I think are so much older than we think they are you right, know right but my point is like. Chevy hasn't made enough money to just be like, dude, I don't need to do this anymore. Like, but you know, I don't. Now I, don't I know he's like that an egomaniac. No, but like, I, see, I disagree with what you're saying. Like, as if like the goal is to make money and then sit around and do nothing all day. Who wants to do that? Your brain rots. You you miss the thing that gave you joy. You're you're around others. You're collaborating, making art. You like choose this to idea do nothing. That, I mean, there's plenty of things you can still do. But I mean, with what? You ever seen my dad retired and all of a sudden, like, I mean, his just his his brain went off a cliff. And, if, if your you dad know, had a hundred million dollars, he could decide to one day be a pilot. And like when he was and not now, but, but you yeah, know this saying? like right off and like the like as if like the the reason they're doing it is some sort of financial goal. And now they're supposed to be like, well, I'm well, I'm done. Like well, they, some of them, I mean, you have to admit it. some of them do. I mean, it's not Chevy Chase enjoys making people laugh, right? Like, I mean, you, 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 I you can't do anymore, that alone. But, oh, he's yeah. definitely not. He's mean. Yeah. Now, he's a bad example yeah. of that, but uh, uh, all right, moving on. And no the no, I don't have a drum roll anymore. My son Jake removed it, but okay. go ahead. Christmas vacation, okay. <laughs> and this is this is an argument in our house, um, dude. Jill's family Christmas movie is this stupid made-for-TV film called The Night They Saved Christmas. Oh, right. I know this. You've seen this? Yeah. Have you seen it? And you can't knock at family traditions. Probably some special memory of when they, they were little girls. And yeah, but go ahead. But like... Knock it. But Christmas Vacation was not a part of their like... Here's the thing about Christmas Vacation. It's not a part of my life either. I haven't seen it in years since I've had kids because it gives away Santa Claus. You realize things as a parent where there are some Christmas movies that are off limits because it drops the bell. Okay. And and uh, the the subplot of Christmas Vacation is he's he needs to get this bonus check to be able to buy Santa gifts for everyone. Well, not for the gifts. It's for the pool for everybody. Right. But, I mean, it, it, it's this idea that, like, uh, it, 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 you know. He does, if you, he does say, though, he's like. You know, when the little girl goes, Santa, and he's like, I can't afford to be an elf. And they're sitting at the, the dining the table, and he's like, no, I promise you, Santa comes to our house every year. And then they're at the dining table, and he's like, hey, kids, I heard Santa flying over the city. And this, and then uh, 
cousin Eddie goes, you serious, Clark? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it gives it gives it so, it gives it away. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not it's not a it's like rated R. Yeah. I mean, it's not it, yeah. it's under no obligation yeah. to not give it away. But no, that movie um, is just outstanding. You know, I mean, Char- Charlie is fourteen. Never asked. Never had the conversation about Santa. Okay. As far as we keep up uh, the same. Uh, Jake asked Lori the other day, and she she dodged it because she we're ready to have the talk. But because I wasn't here, and he hasn't brought it up again, so um, have you? Seen, so another like fringe. Have you seen Four Christmases? Which yes, but what is it? Vince Vaughn and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Oh right, yeah. And they 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 bail on their families every year, and they get like yeah. stuck in San Francisco, so they have to go to her dad, her oh, mom, right, right. his mom, his dad. So they do four houses in one day. It, it it's it keeps growing on me every year. And the funniest line in that whole movie, and it gets said twice. I forgot about this. Um, but so like Vince Vaughn and uh, and Reese are like at a cocktail party with a couple of guys that they know or whatever, and, and they're talking about how miserable their Christmas trips are gonna be. And they're like, Yeah, we're going to Fiji. And they're like, Excuse me? They're like, You lie to your family on Christmas? And Vince Vaughn goes, You can't spell families without lies. Try it. And then his dad does it later. <laughs> does what? So you family. can't spell families without lies. L I E S. That's funny. Uh, have you ever seen The Night Before? The Night Before Christmas, or I think. That's oh, called. oh, is that the one with uh, uh, Seth Rogen and? Um, yeah, they're like trying to buy weed or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, I've seen it's it. Laugh yeah. out loud. That's a good one. The uh, Office Christmas Party is not. I, I mean, I love Jason Bateman. He's. Oh, he's and and what's her name? Who's Kate McKinnon? She is awesome. Uh, all right, Dan, that's it for your top Christmas movies. Okay, let's Correct. send that along. Uh, we're now at the final segment of the show, Dan. All right, was this Which, that like up, down, left, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it used to be high, low, goal, crush, bane, surprise, which came from. The juggling world when you remember back in the day I was going to write yeah, whatever whatever happened the with Great that? American. I remember going to Vegas. Book. We stayed at some. Oh God, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like Circus Circus or something like that. No, the the I don't know the, where it was like dumpy. The, the dumpy end yeah. of the strip, yeah. not the one across the street. What was it called? They knocked it down recently and built something else. Um, oh. uh, anyway, um, the yeah at the after was I in San Diego at that time or was I in Phoenix? I have no idea. I, I meant to do this. Run me through from New Orleans to where you are now by professional sports team. Your employment life. We graduated college and then in New Orleans and you went. Year and a half New Orleans Zephyrs. Okay, which is minor league baseball. Correct. Three years Houston Astros. Yes. Two years San Diego Padres. Okay. And then Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, who'd you work for in Phoenix? The Arizona Cardinals and the Coyotes. Okay. All right. So, uh, okay. Um, so anyway, high, it was high, low, goal, crush, bane, surprise. That's what they would do. It, it, it's a little tricky in the way I was using it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a scenario, and you're going to tell me the new one is high, low, right, wrong, and surprise. So you're going to tell me you're high, you're low, what you had right about it, what you had wrong about it, and surprise. So, Dan, you recently uprooted your life, moved from Phoenix to Cape Ann. Correct. And you moved in with a single mom and a teenage boy, and you very, <laughs> very justifiably had concerns about how this decision was going to affect your life, moving into a house, into a family. They were a family unit without you for uh, a solid decade after her divorce, and you you arrived. So 
tell us of moving in with Jillian and Ben, a single mom, a teenage boy. This uh, that it sounds like a, a a on paper a concept people are familiar with. Of course, everyone's different, uh, and this is one of my favorite unique families. Those two. So, Dan, tell me the high of moving into this family. The high. Yes. Um. Like a, a specific moment. I mean, just wait, wait, wait. There are there are very rare moments, um, but moments nonetheless um, where the boy um, admits to having taken information that I have given him and put it into to play and work. Um, so to know that things that I do say get heard and understood and are helping to make him a little bit better day to day. So that's probably the, the uh, high. Okay. What's the low? The low is when that same person um, is upset and wants to take it out on me. Okay. Um, and may feel that I am a hindrance to the way life was before. Okay. So that's tough. It's yeah. gotta be, it's a tough situation for all of you. Uh, okay. What did you have right about? what this situation would be and then what did you have wrong um what did i have right uh how much i dislike the weather <laughs> like i knew that was going to be a challenge it's, go it's going to be a challenge for the foreseeable future um and do you feel like you were right about jill yeah, no, I mean, I made the right decision. And like I said, I mean, I'm good in the moment. I'm not, I'm not here complaining to, you know, but what did I get wrong? Yes. I had a picture in my head um, of, and I mean, I literally verbalized this to plenty of people. I was like, oh, I'm like, you know, I grew up in New England. I'm like, I was at the mercy of my parents. You know, if, I couldn't just like grab the car and go up to the Cape or like, go to Vermont or Maine or do whatever the hell I wanted. I'm like, I'm 47 years old. I have my own car. Like, this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to like do the things in new England that I couldn't do when I was 18. That shit ain't happening. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Every weekend there's hockey games. We can't get away. Like, so, I mean, so, I mean, that's like, I got that way. <laughs> like Trying to get away just for like shoot a day or two is like, is like I'm trying to move Congress. I'm not, I'm, and I mean, it's fine. It is what it is, but I was, I was way off the mark on that one. Okay. So. Uh, and what I think, I think that might change when he finally gets a driver's license. I think yeah. that, could, that could affect. So I, so I can't give it a failing grade for the entire time that I'm planning on being here, but for now, yeah, it's okay. I, I missed the mark on that one. Okay. And what's been a pleasant surprise? Um, I think I was, I think I was trying to get down this road earlier, but like, you know, I like, I really enjoy cooking for people. And so like, now that I have three people in the house, it's like getting up and making bagels in the morning. Like they're going to get eaten. Like if I made six bagels back at my house, it's like, A, they're not going to be good for six days. And it's just like, yeah. And you're just looking at them and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, Ben loves the bagels. So, you know, I mean, he had one every day until they were all gone. I was like, all right, you know, 
That's great. So, and you know, they're Italians, right? The weight of their, their heart is through their stomach, right? So you're, you must be winning them over somehow, right? Well, last night it was, <laughs> we've, we've had some, there was like a challenge there one time where he kind of was like not saying I was the greatest cook, but now it's like, he tells Jill that I'm way better cook than she is. So I feel bad. Does that bother Jill? Does she think th- she's a good cook? I don't think it bothers. I mean, it might. She doesn't say anything. Jill's not someone to get bothered. Yeah. She, she gets uh, um, pretend but as bothered. A, but, as I, but as I told her, it's like, I, I need to win more than you do. Okay? Like, you get to win at other <laughs> things. Like, I need I need this W to keep my head straight. You know? uh, that's so. great. Uh, all right, Dan. Hey. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. We've reached the, uh, the end of the show here. <laughs> look at us. Who'd have thought? And uh, look at us in general, Dan. I mean, it's been now how long? Are we are we or, starting or are we starting our own podcast now? Like I you mean, and I? <laughs> we're, gonna be... we're approaching thirty years of friendship. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, we're yeah, yeah. yeah. And Next I, year will be thirty. Yeah, thirty years. Uh, you strolled into my life thanks to the gods of kismet. You're, you're, I, do, I do have to say though, like to your to your um, to your book, you know about friendship and this and that. Like, I, I find it absolutely amazing that m- both my sisters and I somehow are still like best friends with our freshman roommate. Like, the the percentage of people that move in with a freshman roommate and like, a never talk to that person again. That person goes right. to a different school, but. To have had those level of relationships with your freshman roommates for 30 going on 40 years for my sisters, like, yeah. it's crazy. And for us. I mean, it's like, you know. We'll go I'm on forever. As, I'm just as much part of your family as you are of mine. So. Well, we're out of time now. Bye, everyone. Bye.